Hi, this is Dr. Tom Quivola. I'm the Residency Program Director in Orthopedic Surgery at Cleveland Clinic. You are listening to Interview with the Surgeon with the Surgeon Agent. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining Interview with the Surgeon. Today, we welcome Dr. Tom Quivola, Program Director of Orthopedic Surgery at Cleveland Clinic. Doc, how are we doing today? Doing very well, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being with us. So getting this started, you know, what were your goals and aspirations during your residency and how those changed throughout your fellowship? It may sound cliche, but, you know, when I started my residency, my aspiration was fairly simple, just to be the best possible, well-rounded general orthopedic surgeon I could be. Uh, When I started, I really did not understand the concept of even doing an orthopedic fellowship back then probably one in five, one in six orthopedic surgeons went on to do a fellowship. And so I was just really focused uh, to be just the best operative technical surgeon I could be. And my goal was to finish residency in such a way that I would set myself up for the uh, best best possible job that I might be able to find. My uh, I knew going into residency that I was going to be spending some time in the United States Air Force following residency. And so I, I kind of envisioned being a general orthopedic surgeon, taking care of uh, active duty troops, sports injuries, you know, uh, the occasional weekend trauma. And uh, at that point, we were at peace. There was no sense that there would be any armed conflict. So I really, really wasn't thinking about major trauma as part of my future practice. By the time I finished my, uh, or as I got close to the end of my residency, I was obviously thinking much differently. I had very different goals. I, uh, at that point, wanted to do a fellowship so that my six years in the Air Force wouldn't be spent at a very small Air Force facility where my uh, skills would potentially erode. So I wanted to do a fellowship and end up at a major medical center so that I could then uh, <clears throat> have the sort of practice that I had been accustomed to as a resident. In other words, interesting, complex, and uh, sometimes difficult cases. Scott, taking us through that fellowship year, what was the mentality going into your first job search since since that kind of was a different situation for you? It was a different situation. Um, So my mentality during the fellowship was to try to parlay that fellowship into, again, the best possible Air Force assignment. After six years, I was about to enter the job market, and I really was at a loss in terms of understanding the negotiation process in the Air Force. All of the patients, of course, there was no copay. Uh, There was no really requirement at that time in the Air Force in terms of documentation. So uh, I was pretty much unaware of, you know, different levels of billing, new patient, established patient, consult, uh, and certainly, and, and certainly we weren't worried about CPT codes. Somebody magically took care of that if that was even being done at all. So going into my first job search, I was still, well, as I said, I was naive and I was looking for simply uh, the job that would provide me with the most professional satisfaction and uh, which I would hope would be a fun, fun lifestyle. So kind of taking us through your journey, you know, what all did you have to go through in order to become the program director of Cleveland Clinic? <clears throat> well, I have, to, I have to say that the, the Air Force was helpful in that regard. My second tour of duty was at, 
at Wilford Hall Medical Center, which at one point was the Walter Reed equivalent for the Air Force. It was a thousand bed hospital and was very academic. We had a five person per year orthopedic residency program. And about nine months after I arrived there, um, the program director at Wilford Hall uh, decided uh, fairly abruptly uh, to leave the Air Force. And he called me into his office and said, I'd like you to be the program director. Well, I was 37 years old. And uh, while I was anxious to do it, I didn't know much about it. So I uh, you know, looked into what exactly that would uh, require of me. I thought, you know, this is kind of what I'd like to do. I, I like education. I like working with the residents. So it, it made perfect sense to me to take over as the program director. So as a program director uh, in San Antonio for two years, and then upon arrival at the Cleveland Clinic, I talked to John Brems, who was the program director at the time, and told him I'd really like to help him out. And so I became his associate. And uh, for the first five years that I was there, he ran the program and I took care of the, uh, the schedule. I learned a lot about how the ACGME worked and uh, requirements for board certification, many of the things that we're all supposed to know, but don't necessarily know in residency. And when he decided to step down, um, I, I took the reins and that was uh, uh, almost 21 years ago. So I've uh, have had a good run at it so far and uh, hope to continue for a little longer. Now, throughout your career, were you academic focused all the way or did you ever consider going private practice? I actually did give some consideration coming out of the Air Force into going into private practice. I looked at a couple of opportunities and they just didn't offer the same uh, breadth of uh, pathology that I had become used to. In the Air Force, despite the fact that everybody in our uh, nine staff, uh, let's see, what would that be, 20 resident department, this, despite the fact that I don't think anybody was over the age of 50, we were responsible for the biggest cases that the Air Force had. And one of the most memorable things that I uh, participated in while at Wilford Hall was a separation of some conjoined twins. And surely if this had been done at uh, Mass General or uh, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, the, the new newly minted orthopedic surgeon wouldn't necessarily have been leading the orthopedic team. Uh, but I had the opportunity to do that. And as a result, I really didn't want to go back to doing, uh, not, to, not to be disparaging, but I didn't want to go back to doing pure bread and butter orthopedics. I, I, I wanted it at that point, I knew I wanted to be at an academic center where the cases were challenging. And, uh, you know, you had the opportunity to work with residents because at Wilford Hall, our residents were superb. And um, it was just such a good environment. I wanted to continue that. Now, has your passion always been on the pediatric side or were you focused on adult as well? Um, my first three years in the Air Force, I was, despite having completed a uh, PEDS fellowship at that point, I was only doing about 30% PEDS. So I was doing 70% adults. So I was doing discs and hip and knee replacements and um, uh, you know, young adult arthroscopy. Um, my, 
my focus in terms of going into peds, it was really, I, I didn't know if I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to do spine in my practice because that was something I was exposed to quite a bit as a resident. And there are two areas in orthopedics where you can do spine. One would be in peds where you do deformity. And if you're just a pure adult spine surgeon, you do a lot of degenerative things. Um, and I was, I was torn between the two. And uh, the year I was applying for fellowships, lo and behold, the Air Force was looking for peds people, not for adult spine people. So that, that, made, the that made the decision easy. Now, as a program director, what advice do you have for the graduating chief residents and fellows entering the professional job market for the first time? I think you need to be very aware of the market. I think you need to uh, know if, you've, if you're focused on a particular area of the country, as opposed to just any academic job or any private practice job, whatever, I think you really have to know the lay of the land. Uh, our experience at Cleveland Clinic when we initially branched down into Florida uh, was difficult. The people in Florida didn't want the Cleveland Clinic coming there. Uh, and, and in much the same way, I think you need to know if you're being hired as a, say, a hospital-based orthopedic surgeon in a town or in a city where they already have a lot of private practice people, you may find that allegiances are such that you're not going to get referrals from the family practitioners. Uh, you may get cold shoulder from other orthopedic surgeons. So I think a, a sense of the environment is an important thing. I think it's also important to know your value. Uh, it's, in, it's instilled in orthopedic surgeons and in medical personnel in general that you know, our profession is one of, uh, we're, we're servants. And I, I think that uh, is still the case, but I, I don't think anybody wants to get taken advantage of. So I think you need to know, you know what your value is to the hospital, what your value is to a particular group as in, as in private practice group or academic group. Now, as you we went through 2020 with the pandemic, you know, most of these annual conferences were all canceled. And so dealing with this virtual aspect, what advice do you have for the graduating class regarding their networking and outreaching process when really they would be trying to meet folks like you at conferences? Um, <clears throat> I think it's important to be, be adept at the new world of uh, virtual conferencing because when the pandemic is finally over, I think we're gonna see a lot of people still working from home, certain number of days a week. I know one of the uh, resident applicants I interviewed today asked me what, what we were gonna do with our conferences once the pandemic ended. And I said, we're probably gonna do something, something of, a, of a hybrid. So it's important for the folks now who are interviewing to know how to interview on camera and to become, you know, to be comfortable with this sort of interaction. Uh, and there's also a lot of ways to get a sense of a community, get a sense of a hospital uh, by going online and, and looking at the, the, the websites of the hospital, the websites of the group you might be joining, uh, looking at uh, maps of the city, looking at things from the Chamber of Commerce, all those things are gonna help you get a better feel of a uh, location if you can't travel there. And certainly um, you can get a sense of people, I think, uh, on a video link. Now, as you know, this podcast has really been focusing on the chief residents and fellows, but strangely enough, a lot of medical students have been watching this podcast as well. 
So I'm just curious, what are you looking for when you're interviewing med students for residency spots and also residency, residents for fellowship spots? Well, we have a, well, we have a, a pediatric fellowship, so I'm involved. I'm not the program director of the fellowship, I'm so, but I'm involved in the uh, uh, interview process. The thing that I, I like to see in residence, since it's a, uh, it's a five-year program, I'm looking for people who have resilience. Uh, there's a lot of, there are a lot of variables thrown at an individual during a residency. Uh, there's a lot of variables from day to day. You go into the hospital and you don't know exactly what's gonna happen. So you have to be flexible. And when things don't necessarily go well, you have to have resilience. And I think that's an important trait. Uh, teamwork is always, always important. Uh, this, this is not a solo sport. It uh, requires, um, in the operating room, you might have 10 people in there at any one particular time. A couple doing anesthesia. When you do spine cases, you have a neuromonitoring person. Uh, you have x-ray coming in and out. You've got circulating nurses. You've got a scrub tech or scrub nurse. And there are two or three people around the uh, uh, two or three people around the patient. So being able to work uh, in a team environment to know when to lead, know when to follow is really important. I also tell people that uh, the two traits of humility and, uh, well, first humility, I think is uh, very important because uh, you, you have to be humble. We operate on a patient, we make a skin incision, we do something to the bone with a plate and a screw, and then we close it up and we're high-fiving each other. But we're not really responsible for the healing that occurs, uh, the, the tissue, the bone, and that sort of thing. So we're not miracle workers. We're, we're, uh, we're physicians and we're technicians. We're, we're doing things and the body is healing. So I think uh, not having a God complex is really important. And that humility that you have, knowing that uh, what you do helps, but is not the end all. The other, the other aspect from humility is a sense of gratitude. I think everybody that goes to medical school is immensely privileged to, to take care of individuals who really trust you. Um, you, have to, um, you have to be there for them. You have to... Um, be available and you, you, you have to show, you know, show a great deal of compassion. So having that, that sense is I think really important. And hopefully the fellows exhibit it that much more because they've, they've, they've been through a residency and now they understand just how important those things are. Sometimes uh, people come by those traits naturally. Some people need a little bit of, uh, of help to recognize uh, just uh, how fortunate they are. We had a uh, we had a conference not long ago where uh, a patient came in and uh, the man had some considerable means and he was making a, a fairly sizable gift to the department and he was talking about how grateful he was that you know he was able to have care uh, that you know people really uh, cared about him and that. Had he been in his native country, he would never have had the same care. So he was talking about how, uh, to him, uh, how grateful he was and how he thought that it was so important that uh, all of us recognize just the, the things that we'd, uh, we'd been given. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Interview with the Surgeon. 
Until next time, stay focused and keep following your dreams.